Coming up on the show, Kelly meets a stranger at a bar. And I was just in one of those moods. You know, I had been talking to the public all day. I was sort of in that mood to just talk to anybody. And I noticed that the guy next to me at the bar was doing a crossword puzzle. This was a Saturday. That's the most difficult day for the Times crossword. She's impressed. So they get to know each other a bit, and eventually it comes out that she sings. He sings too. She asks what? And I, I, I sensed that something awful was about to happen right when I <laughs> asked that. And he said, drum roll please, he said, I'm in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> I'm laughing right now, but at the same time I'm wondering, what's so wrong about a barbershop quartet? We'll hear later in the episode why this was a major warning sign. (laughs) That was too much. Of course, my first question was, are you also a mime? (laughs) He didn't think that was funny at all. I thought that was hilarious. That's ahead on YOY. Girl, I'm going to make you sweat. Sweat till you can't sweat no more And if you cry out I'm gonna push it some more Girl, I'm gonna make you sweat Sweat till you can't sweat no more And if you cry out I'm gonna push it, push it, push it some more This is YOY. I'm Andrea Salenzi. I first met Kelly Reedy through our mutual friend, G. He sent me a Facebook message. It said, I went on a date the other night with a woman. She'd met a guy in a bar who was on a popular game show. She mistakenly gave him her phone number and has since dubbed him the crossword creeper. She should come on your show. I found the crossword creeper online. I looked at his friendly face, explored our mutual friend list, and wondered... Was he really a creeper? Gian Ganeshi level? Bill Cosby level? At the same time, all dating stories have two sides, and they never seem to add up. The end of every dating story is always, yeah, that person I met last night was crazy. Without hearing the story, I invited Kelly to come by the studio and hang out. We drank wine, we talked about dating. She's pretty and petite and southern, with red hair and swoopy bangs. She's the kind of girl who can wear green. So what should people know about you? You're a physicist? Yes. I'm a, I'm a physics teacher. Uh-huh. I don't really do research anymore so much. Um, and a yes. museum tour guide? Yes, with Museum Hack. <laughs> a, it seems like if you guys are thinking about a trip to the Natural History Museum and you've gone like a million times and you want to find the cool secret stuff you wouldn't otherwise know about, Yes. We'll blow your mind many, many times over in two hours. And like (laughs) two nights a week, Kelly is also dating. (laughs) Right? Yes. Um, It's been interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it started when you moved to New York City. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was engaged when I moved to New York. I actually moved here to live with my fiancé. Um, we unfortunately broke up. We had never lived together before that. Um, I think it it was for the best. So that's when she started online dating. And she took a liking to Tinder. What do you like about Tinder? 
Um, it's it's very easy. This it doesn't feel as I don't know. It's isn't more no strings attached, fewer strings attached, I guess, than other things where you have to like continue to send messages back and forth and you have to make this big profile and with tinder it's like you can't go back and look at somebody so if you if you send somebody if you like somebody then you can't go back and see them again and have regrets or thoughts or or whatever you know it's just like what's done it's done and then i don't know i feel like you get less invested yeah then and also maybe it's the fact that it's only on a small screen and you found a rule on Tinder that I think is really great. Yes. If the common, if the only mutual interest is Conan O'Brien, then deal breaker. No go. Because that clearly shows that the person has gone to the trouble to like things on Facebook. But <laughs> the only thing that we like in common is Conan O'Brien. So come on. That's just, no, it's not going to not going to work for me. But I think it's great when you find, like, someone has all these random interests in common with you, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, you have, like, a range of things you care about Yeah, that aren't just seamless and Conan O'Brien. Mm -hmm. If somebody likes, like, WFMU and, like, some totally random thing, like some weird band that I thought most people didn't know about, then, you know, and, and if they have good hair on top of that, then I'm, like, done. Soulmate. Swipe <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, like, but what are, what are you dating? What... Why are you dating? What are you looking for? Um, I don't. I don't know what I'm looking for. Magic, magic, of course. <laughs> would you, but would you like something uh, to become serious? I don't know. I, that's that's part of the reason that this has been really confusing for me because I can't say at the onset like, "Here's what I want." If you're not this, then forget about it. But I want it to be at least a little bit serious, I guess. Um, but it's hard. It's it's hard because it has to the person has to be the right person for it to be serious, of course. And how do you know at the beginning? Yeah. So there's a lot of stages. Do you to think the it's fun? Yes, I think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my roommate has a good thing to say about this. Um, she encourages me to continue using Tinder and OkCupid because I I deactivated my profile recently um but she encourages me to use it because she says like even if these people aren't dating material even if they're not going to be your soulmates which is a term i throw around very loosely by the way yeah <laughs> but she said at least you'll get a good story out of it and you and have i have <laughs> um what are some of your favorite stories to tell about your dating experiences um well okay disclaimer as I mentioned earlier, I, a lot of these people were really great, but there wasn't um, a lot of chemistry. So I'm, I'm really not making fun of most of them. <laughs> one memorable one is a guy that I met on Tinder who I went out with. And it turns out he's banned from my home state of South Carolina because he used to operate a brothel in the state capital. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to have a drink with that guy. I, He's really fun. Yeah, I really he sounds yeah. interesting. Yep, <laughs> he but was. I couldn't take him home to meet my family. Well, you definitely yeah. couldn't, right? Because it wouldn't be legal. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you run a brothel? That's so amazing. He said that it was like a massage parlor, but it was like a sexy massage parlor. <laughs> Apparently, he grew up in Florida, and he was looking for a job at one point. 
And he got a job at this massage parlor and I think, or a strip club or something, I don't know. But it was a thing that he did just for money and then he learned the ways of the system, the ins and outs. <laughs> uh, and then he decided to just, you know, do it on his own, go rogue. <laughs> This is another one that I really liked, but it, you know, just didn't happen for us. But um, he is writing a book about squirrels right now, and he, he's really, really interested in squirrels. And at the end of the date, he was like, "I have to go now because I have to wake up early and work." And I was like, "Oh, you mean you you have to wake up early and like do squirrel research?" And he said, "No, no, I can only work on squirrels after 8 p.m. because I just get so into it and so obsessed that if I worked on squirrels all day, then I would do nothing else." So he has this designated squirrel time oh my after God. 8 p.m. only, which is great. <laughs> High five to that guy. And then there was the guy that I met in real life, actually. We met at an open mic night. We both played an open mic night, and we started talking afterwards. And he introduced himself as whatever, Matt. I don't know what he called himself. And then after a drink, I found out that his name was actually not Matt. He had a different name, and I, I was so confused by that. And he was like, no, really, that's just my stage name. I just told you my real name. And I understand if you don't trust me, I'll show you my driver's license. I noticed his birth date, and I, oh, God. I, I read it wrong at first, and I was like, okay, he's 32. That's, you know, that's perfect. That's very close to my age. Good. And then I, I sort of did a double take, and I found out he's actually 22, which is... <laughs> It's like, young. yeah. So you, you so you explained to him what a VHS is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that phones used to have cords attached to them. <laughs> but really, I think I spent the next five minutes just calculating and recalculating and recalculating, hoping that I just done the math wrong and he was actually a little older. But no. <laughs> no. Sorry, Matt, if that's even your stage name. <laughs> okay. It's just about time to hear about that crossword puzzle creeper. But patience, we're going to go on a short tangent first about music and about how good she is at meeting people in real life, a.k.a. IRL. 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 Something like that. And then we'll finally learn about the crossword puzzle guy. Okay, so I was going to meet some friends at a bar after work one day. On, on my way home from the museum. So I I got to the bar before they did, and I was just in one of those moods. You know, I had been talking to the public all day. I was sort of in that mood to just talk to anybody. Um, and I noticed that the guy next to me at the bar was doing a crossword puzzle. This was a Saturday. Cool. And it was, it was a New York Times puzzle. And in case some people don't know, the Saturday puzzle is the hardest puzzle of the week. Super hard. I used to be really into crossword puzzles. I still kind of am, but I don't do them every day Wait, anymore. what makes the Saturday harder than the Sunday? The Well, the Sunday is just a bigger puzzle. It's not. It's like Thursday-level difficulty, um, so it's doable. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Friday and Saturday are the hard days. The cluing is more difficult, and the words are sometimes more obscure. Hmm. But it's all about the clues. So that was like a very impressive move for this guy to be at a bar oh, yeah. doing a Saturday crossword. Yep. I was like, this is my jam right here. <laughs> He's drinking a beer, doing a puzzle. Perfect. And he looked normal and nice. And 
So I Have asked fun. him, yeah, I asked him, oh, is that the Saturday Times puzzle you're doing there? And he said, yes. And he said he was having trouble with it. And we sort of looked at the puzzle for a little bit and we started to talk. And it was going well. He was nice, normal. Uh, my friends eventually showed up. It was my roommate and two of our mutual friends. Um, and she, my roommate walked up and met him, and she sort of, like, gave me a thumbs up or a wink or something to indicate that she thought he was okay. Wait, I just have to stop. I think it's so cool that you're able to just, like, walk up to someone and be like, oh, are you doing the Saturday crossword puzzle? Like, where, that most people, that is, like, a level of social skills that most of my friends don't have. Hmm. Is that, have you just always been that way? Uh, not always. This is why people need the internet is because they aren't able to do that. Yeah. And I'm I'm always able to meet people in real life. Not always the best people. But. What's your advice <laughs> for someone who like isn't able to do that? Or like how would you how what would you tell <laughs> them about like being fearless like that? They're more scared of you than you are of them. <laughs> the person that you're talking to? Yes. <laughs> That's such a good point. And, and if not, then even better. Yeah. You know, if they're like socially normal and they Has that ever that. led to like a deep lasting friendship for you, like someone you met in real life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last guy that I dated, um, we met at a coffee shop actually. And we dated for a long time and it was very serious. And you just walked up to him and you said No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I stared at him, I eavesdropped on his phone conversation and I sort of I like willed him to me. That's what my mom said. I kind of just waited around until he talked to me. But you sent him all the vibes. Yes. I was in one of those moods that day where I was just being stubborn. Uh-huh. I was actually really mad at one of my friends. Mm-hmm. So, it, But that was interesting because I went to that. It was the day Lou Reed died. Oh, yeah. This is a weird story. I remember that day. Yeah. Um, so I was really mad at one of my friends, and I was like, I'm going to go to the old CBGBs, and I'm going to see if there's somebody there, like some beautiful, sensitive soul mourning the death of Lou Reed, and and then we're going to fall in love, and it's going to be great. And I went there, and there was nobody there. There were no flowers, nothing. So I went to the coffee shop across the street, and I sat down, and I was like, all right, I'm going to meet somebody here then. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> Lou Reed's going to do me a solid here. And she did. So I sat there until the right person came along, and then, yeah. You will and then to I, you. Yeah, so then I sent the vibes. Okay, so you're in the bar. Yes. Cross, ooh, I've, is that the Saturday crossword? Yeah, is that the Saturday crossword? Yes, it is. Uh, look how bad I am at it. Ha, 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 ha. We talked for a while for, like, I think it was a couple hours or something, and it was really enjoyable. It was a good conversation. It was, you know, steady, not awkward. I was really pleasantly surprised by the whole experience and then the topic of music came up this is when it started to go downhill (laughs) (laughs) so I play music and I think that's how it came up I mentioned that and he was like oh so you're a singer and I was like well I'm not I don't consider myself a singer you know I sing the songs that I write but I'm not a singer and he was like but you sing outside of the shower and I said yes Inside and outside, actually. Um, and he said, I am a singer, too. And I said, oh, what do you sing? And I, I, I sensed that something awful was about to happen right when I <laughs> asked that. And he said, drum roll, please. He said, I'm in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> that was too much. Of course, my first question was, are you also a mime? 
He didn't think that was funny Aww. at all. I thought that was hilarious. I, I kind so... of high-fived myself <laughs> after that. That, that was really good. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> But he actually had an answer. It was a rhetorical question, obviously, uh-huh. but he had an answer for it. And he said, no, I'm not a mime because I was never able to find that invisible wall. <laughs> and then he started doing the mime hands. Oh, my gosh. In front of him. You guys have had so much to drink. and <laughs> You're flirting so hard right now. <laughs> to be it's clear, like, he was yeah. he was joking about having been in there since one o'clock working on that puzzle. And I, I assumed it was a joke, but maybe it wasn't. I think I had had one beer at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was clear-headed enough to know that that was a potential deal-breaker. The, the barbershop, barbershop quartet, quartet thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then I, I asked, are, are you a Beatles fan, perchance? Because that's come to be not quite a deal-breaker, but I've found that guys that love the Beatles are not good for me. It's, give me, it's a give weird me an thing. example. I don't know. They just, they always seem creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. Like, they're not cool enough, Beatles fans. And you, I mean, <laughs> so you translate, this. I mean, the Beatles are, like, kind of objectively good. Yes. I agree. Like, they're, they're good. The Beatles are fine. Yeah. yeah. So this is but a, this like, is a tough that's, one. If that's how they define themselves, that's a different thing. Yes. Like, um, a man who's, like... 30 to 35 years old and loves the Beatles. I don't know. That's, it means my parents like, introduced this to me and my taste stopped there. Yeah. And I'm a big Stones fan. And you know there's that thing about, like, are you a Stones person or a Beatles person? And I know that most people like both, but I feel like there is definitely a different But there's also where were you on those. the day Lou, Lou Reed died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that, that you have that you have musical taste. And I feel like when you meet someone who might not have musical taste, that might be a deal breaker. Yeah. And usually, you know, like, big fan of the Beatles is a, a giveaway of that. Yeah, because that starts... Thank you for cause... explaining that to me. Yeah. I understand why <laughs> why that's such a turnoff now. Because you're saying <laughs> yeah. to them, so, like, what kind of music do you like? And they're like, I like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And in 2014, that shouldn't be your answer. Right. You should be a Destroyer fan. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. My boyfriend has a Destroyer t-shirt that he wears, like, I under other shirts sometimes. <laughs> so hot. Yes. Lucky you. (laughs) Now, this is the point where I want to swoop in and let you all know that in the background, our dating guru, Holly Wood, has been listening in. She is our show's dating expert, and she has some thoughts. We'll hear more of them at the end of the show. But first, let me plant this idea for you. Is this guy a pickup artist? He's read somewhere on the internet that you need to cultivate these very eccentric things about yourself as, like, status markers. It's like the guy who tells you that he's in Mensa, right? Should be a red flag for you. Do not ever date a guy who tells you he's in Mensa. Huge red flag. Huge red flag for me. Like, bing, 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 bing. Like, like, the red flags are all going up on a hill of red flags. More Holly soon. This is Destroyer going out to Mike. A song for America, they told me it was clever. Jessica's gone on vacation on the dark side of town forever. Who knew? Who knew? Anyway, so so then there was the barbershop quartet thing, then there was the Beatles thing right after. And I was, I think I was just laughing at this point because it got funny. And then I think he could tell that he was losing me a little bit. 
So he started to pull out all the stops. <laughs> he just Sorry, you, somehow I, you like said pull out, and I was like, uh oh, what's he gonna pull out here? Good one. Uh, okay, but all the stops. What are his stops? Um, he's a marathon runner. That was okay. the first thing, the first thing that came out. Great ambition, Fun. drive, mm-hmm. um, and then. Discipline. But it was just amazing how he worked these things in, and I wish, if if I had known at the time where this was going, I would have been taking notes at like how he worked all these things in, because it was almost like he had a bullet point list of like things to definitely communicate to somebody who might be interested in me. Mm, and yeah. he he did it. I mean he he got all of his points in <laughs> I hate except when you're for like except when you're like meeting point. a person <laughs> and it's supposed to be like in a dating context and it starts to feel like networking mm-hmm. it starts to feel like a sales pitch or something like yeah like he wants to sell himself what are some other know. things that he would have pitched um so the next thing was he asked me if i had ever watched this particular game show and I said, yes, of course. Who hasn't? And he was like, well, well, when did you watch it? Like, what years? And I told him, like, well, you know, I used to watch it when I lived with my parents, but I haven't had a TV since. And I didn't, well, I had a TV in college, but there were better things to do. And he was really disappointed because he was the champion of this particular game show the year after I stopped watching it. So what he's saying is, you may know me from television. Yes. I was on television <laughs> once as a winner. Yeah, I won money from television. <laughs> and he said that most of his friends were also winners of this particular show, and, like, they have this club. And um, and then did it already started to— Did he tell you, to... like, the amount of money that he won from the show? No, but that was my roommate's first question. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's part of, like, why he might be telling it to you. It's almost like, let me show you how big my prize winnings are. (laughs) Among other things. (laughs) Um, No, I think it was just the the glory and the intellectual aspect of it that he was trying to show me. (laughs) Right. So, uh, were you impressed? I was... uh, mm, I was... Bemused, perhaps, perhaps I, I don't know. I, I had mixed feelings because I already like almost. Well, okay. I I was about to say I almost didn't respect him at this point because of the barbershop quartet thing, but that's that's a little strong of a statement. No, I yeah, I respect him still, had but turned. yeah, something had definitely turned, and it wasn't impressive to me. It was just funny. At that point, I was already in the territory of, like, this is going to be a great story later. I can't wait to tell everybody that I met this guy. So I was excited when he told me that, you know, because it was just one more crazy detail (laughs) to add to the story. (laughs) Uh, That's dangerous, though, when when real life blends with story fishing. Mm -hmm. Well, it didn't start that way. I had good intentions, so I think it's okay. So was there, what happened next? Um, so after that, he suggested that we go to a bar around the corner. Because my friends were there. My roommate had been throwing popcorn at me to try like, to get my attention. Talk to me. Yeah. My, my Oxford-educated roommate, full-grown woman, throwing popcorn <laughs> at a bar. <laughs> but it didn't work. But yeah. she didn't get my attention because I was so into this situation. Mm-hmm. Um so he was like, why don't we go around the corner and let's finish the crossword puzzle together? 
And I was like, well, it's a Saturday. I'm not going to be of any help. In other words, no, absolutely not. Um, so then, mm-hmm. so then he was like, well, I have the Sunday puzzle in my apartment. <laughs> he's a subscriber to the New York Times, so they deliver the, the Sunday uh-huh. paper on Saturdays. So he's like, well, the Sunday puzzle is easier. I have that at home. Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. And then I was like, well, I should really just go talk to my friends because I haven't I haven't talked to them since they've been here. Ugh, that's such a line. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then he very, very slowly left. And when he left, he was like, I really want to kiss you right now, but your friends are here, so I don't know if that's okay. And I was like, no, no, that's not okay. They're, they are right here. And I was like, and also a couple of them are outside because luckily two of them had gone outside to smoke. So, you know, it's like, well, they're, they're like in the here Canada. and they're also out there. So mm. have you guys exchanged phone numbers at this point? Yes, we had already exchanged phone numbers. And there's talk of another date uh, or of a date. Well, I think um, it was sort of it, he sort of thought that it was implied, I guess. And I wasn't going to correct that at that point. My plan was to just ignore him after that <laughs> okay i'm just hearing my my male listeners in my head <laughs> they're like and they're saying that you're mean but like explain explain to them why in a situation like that a woman would instead of saying so i don't think this has a chance buddy you gotta go home and do your crossword by yourself why wouldn't you say that because i could tell that he was gonna push harder at that point because he already had, when I said, no, I won't go to the bar around the corner and work on the puzzle with you, he was like, well, I have the Sunday puzzle at home. Why don't you just come home with me? So, mm-hmm. you know, if I had said that, he probably would have tried to step it up or would have gotten confrontational or... So, but there is like a subtle fear of oh, like, yeah. a guy turning confrontational. Absolutely. Which is why mm-hmm. in a moment like that, we don't just... It's hard to give face-to-face rejection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard... It's hard in general know. for any human, but yeah. I feel like I always feel especially unable to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather leave on a happy, pleasant note mm-hmm. and say, oh, but we can't kiss here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and hope that he, like, I feel like no human actually says, oh, we can't kiss here because I don't want to kiss you. Most humans say, mm-hmm. oh, but my friends are here. Yeah. And then encourage him to figure, put it together and figure mm-hmm. it out for himself. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giving him credit. Like, yeah. everyone gives these subtle cues all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what happened next? Okay, so after that, he left. And then I started talking to my friends, and I told them the story. And we were we were laughing about it all, especially the mime thing, because they appreciated that. Thank goodness. That's a great singer. Um, and then uh, I got a text from him. <laughs> it says, "That same night." Yeah, that same night, ten twenty nine p.m. Forgot to mention, my crossword comforter is super cozy, particularly when doing the puzzle on Sunday morning. And then he added his address. <laughs> like, come over anytime and see yeah. my crossword puzzle comforter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And so at this point, it was like a group text situation. My friends were just telling me what to respond because, I mean, we weren't taking it seriously anymore. It was just funny at this point. So one of the guys told me to ask him if he had an actual crossword puzzle comforter or if that was like, you know, 
a metaphor for something or, you know, like, is this thing real? So I asked, is it an actual crossword comforter? And he said, indeed, six down, blank tree falls, dot, 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 three letters. Which the answer is if a if a tree falls. Oh, yeah. it, it's easier if you can see it in the text message. Um, so, so then he wrote, "That's fine. I don't expect you to believe me, but it is super cozy." And then, and then the the guys coached me, and I wrote, "Does it have clues and answers?" This is a good one. The response was, "The grid is untouched." <laughs> <laughs> hmm, too oh. much. Too much. But then I didn't respond to that. Five minutes later, he wrote, In other news, (laughs) I got the northeast corner on today's puzzle and am invested in finishing, dot, dot, dot. Wouldn't mind a hand, though. Uh... (laughs) That's when he officially crossed some sort of line. Yeah. I mean, I guess the address was the first. He's very directly flirty now. Yes. I mean... That's more than flirting, I think. Yeah, he's it's saying like... he's saying because you've replied, you clearly want to come over and give me and a give hand. him a hand under his crossword his comforter. Cross- <laughs> <laughs> and then um, a few days later, I got a text from him that said, "I hope your so Tuesday what did you, is going." What did you say to to give me a hand? I said, "Well done, you got this, champ." <laughs> Okay, no one, you would never call someone that you hope to sleep with someday champ. At yes, that moment, he exactly. knows that you have been friend-zoned. Mm-hmm. Champ means... That's the ultimate. Friend-zoned. Yeah. There's no, There's no turning back, back. Champ. Yeah. Champ is what you call, like, a little boy who just, like... Or a puppy. Yeah, or a puppy. Go champ. Uh, <laughs> I'm adding that to my condescending compliment rooster. Chief is good, too. Chief. Chief is maybe worse. That's, like, borderline offensive, I think. Way to go, champ. Yeah. Whoa. I used to date a guy that got genuinely mad, like, really, really mad if I ever called him chief or champ. Sometimes I, I accidentally introduce guys I'm dating to friends as, here's this is my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I do it like a little bit of a joke, but it never worked. <laughs> this is my sex buddy. <laughs> Don't say it. all those like these. These words exist, so we can set boundaries. So you said yeah. champ as a clear signal, and then he wrote back, "I'm doing the best I can." <laughs> With his hand, and then that was it. That was the end of that conversation. Great, good end. Mm-hmm. Well, then a few days later, he wrote, "I hope your Tuesday is going better than mine. Let's get a drink soon. What's your week looking like?" And I didn't respond to that, and that's perfectly that's fine. It. Yeah. Oh, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the end of the communications. Oh. So, but <laughs> mm-hmm. he didn't do anything more overtly aggressive or sexual or... Nope. He just pursued you and he was a dork. <laughs> no, but then it, he gave me his address. He texted me his address after we met in a bar, and I was clearly... I feel like I was clearly not interested. Um, so that was... Even our guy friends who have gone through some pretty slutty phases of their life even they were like that's too far that's inappropriate this is weird um see like the crossword guy mm-hmm. story i'm like oh this is a guy who can't pick up on signals like you kind of know that going into it and in that because he's in a barbershop quartet mm-hmm. we know he isn't like a cool guy who picks up on signals he's <laughs> just like an earnest dork uh-huh. like he's just like kind of doesn't 
But I mean, doesn't everybody know that it's not okay to just do that after I? So he's. It's like he started with one thing. He started with let's go around the corner and like leave your friends and do this puzzle together. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Then it escalated into let's go to my house and do the crossword puzzle. And, and then it escalated one bed. step further. Then like come sleep with me and we'll do the crossword puzzle together in the morning. And then it got into the give me a hand thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually told my hairdresser this story, and she said that the obvious thing would have been for him to say, hey, why don't we meet for brunch one Sunday and do the puzzle together? Yeah. That's the correct answer to this. That's the correct way to talk to you after he meets a nice lady. Yeah. Do you feel like you gave him any signal that says, I'm down and dirty. Let's just just give me your address, and I'll show up, and we'll have crossword Uh -uh. puzzle. We'll fit our puzzle pieces together <laughs> like did you give him any sign that that's like my your... grid baby <laughs> no Only questions no answers no i um but it was just the way that it yeah. escalated and like he made me feel like like i'd been violated in some way yeah. like i wanted to wash my hands yeah after that but none of us were there And none of us understood what was on the other end of his pursuit, what was going on in his head. Sociologist Hollywood, she describes this as climbing a red flag hill. For her, all the signs point to pickup artist. Holly, you just blew my mind and told me you think this guy is a pickup artist. What are all the pickup artist signs that you noticed from this story? Let's delineate them as best I can. First, he's sitting with a prop at a bar by himself. He went to that bar with a prop. Bingo, one. Most guys don't take props with them to the bar. I know we we think that there are these mythic guys who read books at the bar, but usually they're waiting for someone. This guy clearly had nowhere else to go that night, and he's like... So it's not like she happened to, like, interrupt his crossword playing. He was there waiting for someone to interrupt his crossword. Yeah, totally. Any of these things by themselves don't lead me to think he's a pickup artist, it's the fact that they all occur in the same story and this very pattern of pickup artist technique that you can read about at the pickupartistschool.com, like the P-U-A school.com. When I think about the pickup artist community, I think about that horrible shooting that happened in California. Right, like Elliot Rogers. Yeah. Basically, what happened was the pickup artist community found Elliot Roger too. Like, oh, give me your tired, your unlaid, your uh, social outcast, and we'll, we'll give you women to exploit and make yourself feel better. Right? That was basically what I think of when I think of the internet pickup artist community. So, what else was a classic pickup artist technique in here? Um, pickup artist called Kino Escalation. I know she didn't describe it but I got the sense that this guy was probably touching her, and that's why her friends were freaking out. What else was the sign in there? Um, moving and isolating you from your friends is a classic move, is get you to move to a second location away from your friendship network if they like start rubbing the small of your back and trying to kiss you. you know, Your friends will intervene. They know that. That's why they're trying to get you to move to a coffee shop or somewhere where they're not, you're not being monitored. The sort of peacocking and what's peacocking where you just basically brag and try to demonstrate your high status i mean he didn't sound like very good at it but that's definitely what he was doing yeah like the moment where he says oh i'm training for a marathon and like she said that it just felt like it was a prepared pitch like a sales pitch 
and not like a natural flow of conversation. Like he had to get this all out there. Like it looks like it sounds like to me almost like he just read this guy that morning and was like trying them all out at once, <laughs> like all at once, unpracticed. And so like the whole pattern here, come leave your friends that you're here with and hang out with me instead. Right. That doesn't happen. You get the number and you leave. Normal guy just, he, he takes your number and he texts you the next day and asks you out on a proper date. A pickup artist who thinks he's going to have sex that night, which is what they're after, is just going to ignore what a normal guy would do and push through with what he wants, right? And so, like, that's forced. Uh, what are we up to, four or five? Yeah, that that's another red flag. Red flag hill is just so red right now. Um, and so he's he's saying that, what you feel comfortable with doing when you say I should get back to my friends or like you shouldn't kiss me now doesn't matter. What I want, which is sex with you, matters more. We'll hear more from Holly towards the end of the show. But first, there's another date story I want you to add to this mix to compare. This is the one with our mutual friend G, the guy who pointed me to Kelly in the first place. Let's hear it. So it was an OkCupid date. And I think he had had a few drinks already by the time I got there. I was a little late, as I always am. So maybe that was part of it. But we talked for a while, and I thought it was going really well. And he told you and about my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we even made fun of this couple, this other couple at the bar that was clearly on a first date. And we were like, oh, we're doing so much better than them. Look at those nerds down there. It's, <laughs> <laughs> and at some point in the conversation, you said, oh, I have to be somewhere. Yeah, I was going to go to this math talk, actually. There was a... I talked down the street that I really wanted to go to. You're such a cool man. <laughs> Thanks. I'm really interested in math outreach. Um, so I, I was going to go to that, and I told him, like, I'm gonna, I wanted to go to this thing, but since I was late and, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this and, you know, this is fun, I'll, maybe I'll just skip it. I'll just stay here and hang out with you instead. And he let me do that. And, and then later, he, he did say at some point that he had this thing to go to. It was like a, I don't remember what it was. It was like a movie premiere followed by a party or something, something his friend was doing. And he was like, well, I'm supposed to go to this thing, but I don't really have to go to the first part, but I can, I just have to go to the party. Um, so then when the time came for him to go to the party, he was like, oh, by the way, like, I, you know, do you want to sleep with me? Or like, what do you, do? I don't want to date you. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how he said it. But he indicated but like, to me that he was not interested in a relationship at all. But if I wanted to sleep with him, then that would be awesome. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's one thing. But I just wish he had told me that before I missed this math talk. <laughs> that was That was one thing that I was really mad about. And then, of course, he left to go to his thing on time. And he left me at the bar by myself. After missing your math talk. Yeah, I missed a math talk, and then he was like, oh, you don't want to just sleep with me? Okay, bye. <laughs> but I, I asked him, like, does this does this really work? What is your situation? And he was like, yeah, there are a lot of girls that want to sleep with me. <laughs> and he, and he, <laughs> yeah, and apparently that is true, and I believe it. I mean, he's a very charming fellow. Maybe, mm -hmm. or maybe guys are at, like, a very clear advantage in New York City. Yeah. So I think it's a little yeah. little column A, little column B, one of those situations. <laughs> and like this is not like we aren't our friend our mutual friend is our mutual friend G is totally gonna hear this. 
And when G hears this, like, I mean, he knows this about himself. So I was recently at a party that he threw, and uh, there were a lot of girls there, and a lot of them came without dates or without friends, and they were kind of all eyeing each other. And, like, G and I have never had romantic tension because he met me when I was with a boyfriend who was a friend of his, so mm-hmm. it was, like, never on the table. And But I just looked at all these girls eyeing him and then eyeing each other competitively, and I was like, what kind of a party is this? <laughs> And I slowly realized he was dating a lot of them. Well, like of the party, there were there were at least seven to ten women <laughs> he had relations with, like That's ongoing amazing. or in the past or like with the possibility of rekindling. And then I watched to see who was the girl who would win out. Like, yeah, I, I wish I could have been a, a fly on the wall in that situation. It so what so happened? Fun. What did they do? The little French girl won. Oh, <laughs> the little French girl always wins. That, she's like 23 and like, well. she's very like aggressive <laughs> about the whole thing. And she like grabbed his hand at the party and made him <laughs> hold it. Which like, I think if I were in an alternate universe, I would have been one of the other girls like sitting there going, oh, she won. <laughs> Like, I would never just grab his hand at the party he threw. Yeah. But she, like, carried him around by his hand, and he clearly didn't find it. (laughs) I've teased him about this, so I think it's okay to say. I'm so sorry that I'm talking about you without you here, G. But, um... But, like, Good he's for him. very direct Good for about him. this is what he's looking for right now. I just wish he had been direct, like, an hour before he was direct. So. <laughs> but it made me feel bad, yeah. too, though, because, you know, he was like, well, I am interested in dating if I meet the right person. And I was like, oh, so th- that made me feel bad. Like, he, I felt like at that point, I didn't think this up until that point, but at that point I was like, oh, so I've he was judging me this whole time, like... Is she or, dating material? And then yeah. at the end, he was like, "Actually, no, you don't. You don't make the cut. You could or you could sleep with me if you want to." Some girls might hear in that section. <laughs> it's like they're gonna hear him saying, "Like, well, if I, you know, if I think you're, maybe I could be wooed by the right girl." And then you're like, "Oh, great! I'm gonna just sleep with him for a really long time until yeah. you turn into that right girl for him." And right. you don't always turn into that girl. Mm-hmm. And if you don't start as that girl, I don't think there's a reason to try. I don't know. There's so many. No, there aren't so many guys here, but there are always other options. So I ran this whole thing by G, and he said hearing it made him question a lot about the nuances in the crossword creeper story. He wrote, most of what she said's true, but you know, it's all in the details. That's the truest thing about these dating stories. It's like one person had access to all the across clues and the other person has all the down clues. And it's amazing if you can get anything on the grid. For Kelly, that sleep till boyfriend option has happened before. She had her own casual guy for several months until they had the talk. And he told her how long it would take before he'd be her boyfriend. And we came to this agreement of like, okay, neither one of us knows what we want, really. So we'll, we had been seeing each other about once a week. So we were like, let's just continue this, knowing that, you know, whatever happens, happens. And this is funny. He was like, if we're still doing this once a week thing in two years, <laughs> then we can be in a real relationship. That's the number. <laughs> yeah. That's how long it takes to break open his cold, cold heart. Yes, that's how long before we could be 
boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> it's like it's like a like a card you get at a coffee shop where it's like buy nine coffees and get the tenth <laughs> free. Sleep with yeah. me fifty for fifty once a week for fifty two weeks times two. Mm-hmm. Get the boyfriend title. Yeah, yeah. Let me introduce you to your, my family. <laughs> And needless to say, I haven't seen him since. <laughs> Maybe if we do this for two years. This is the thing that I really believe, is that if you are dating with a full tank of self-esteem, then you're invincible and it's all hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's like if you have any kind of a drain on that tank, like, yeah. just don't go out. <laughs> yeah. Because it's going to suck for you. Mm-hmm. If you have a full tank, that behavior that that guy is engaging in is, like, hilarious because what an asshole. Yeah, yeah. It's like anything. It's like like any sort of like drinking or doing drugs or like any any real physical system even. We can even say this about <laughs> yeah. magnetism and like correlated electron systems. But if you have some little instability, just like one push in the wrong direction could amplify that so much and cause so much trouble and so much damage. <laughs> you just brought a physics metaphor into dating and I love it so much. <laughs> Kelly Reedy, thank you so much for coming on YOY <laughs> and telling me your great stories. Thank you for having me. Everyone can follow you on Instagram and Twitter at Drunk as Cheese. <laughs> spelled like Drunk as Cheese. Yeah, spelled like Drunk as Cheese. Thanks, Kelly. Holly says this kind of Mr. Casual till boyfriend style dating is stressful for women in a whole other way. Let's bring it all together around an old term that we've heard a bunch of times on this show the adult switch guys feel like when that adult switch goes off that's when they're willing to settle for reality recognize that women have warts kind of thing um if you have any kind of warts whatsoever if you are not a model slash neuroscientist slash like road scholar slash perfect blowjob giver willing to put up with his crap like clean up after him sports fan cheerleader expert chef yeah, like they're expecting that. That's who they imagine when they say, well, if the right girl walked in, maybe I'd think about a relationship. When the adult switch goes off, that's when they are ready to accept reality. Like they are, they are old enough to know that Heidi Klum's PhD is not walking into their lives, right? And so they, they sort of become more realistic, and then they meet you, and they, the same person that they would have rejected like 10 years ago suddenly becomes really attractive. Because it's like, wow, I said no to all these amazing women because I was holding out for some unrealistic expectation of, like, I was I was hedging my bets, hoping that, a, you know, model slash lawyer slash blowjob giver is going to walk into my life, and she didn't. And now I have to settle for the fact that I said no and turned down a lot of women who wanted to be with me in my early and um, mid-20s because I felt I wasn't ready to be committed yet because I had to hold out for opportunities that might come by and not settle for the ones that I had in my pocket. <laughs> That's mm. But, um, you know what I mean? And so the adult yeah. goes off and then the same woman, and they know this, I think they implicitly know this. The same, this is what, this is the equivalent, honestly, of when we were teenagers and we were scared of turning 30. And we said, if I'm 30 and you're 30 and we're both unmarried, will you marry me? It's the version of that, only they actually go through it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is. Like, when you're 15, that sounds okay. It's like a way of saying, I really like you, but I'm going to hold out for, like, the cheerle- the head cheerleader, so I can't date you. That's what it's like, but writ larger and with your whole life. 
Yeah. Exactly what it's like. Like some of the bad date stories she told in this episode were bad dates because they just weren't a match. You know, they said a thing that they were, they said that they were really into squirrels. She was not into that. It was not going to happen. But uh, other guys are just not mature enough for a relationship yet. And then that strikes her as misleading or kind of offensive considering the stage that they're at in their relationship. And then there's this whole other kind of a guy, which is the crossword puzzle creeper who made her feel a whole other kind of yuck. So. Yeah, totally. Like these are three. I mean, maybe not the squirrel guy. I would have, I like the squirrel guy. Me too. <laughs> I mean, that's dedication. Like your day job is not researching squirrels there, but like, way to, way to be devout. Um, <laughs> But I like the squirrel guy. But, yeah, the other two examples that she brought up, it's like Minesweep, right? You ever play Minesweep on MS-DOS? Yeah. Wait, so there's, like, you're kind of clicking squares and some explode or something? Right, exactly. Like, you're clicking around this board and, like, you're, like, phew, landed on, like, it wasn't a bomb. Like, like, wasn't a bomb. But when some of the when the bomb when you do find a bomb, it tells you like how many how many pieces are around the bomb or something. I don't remember quite the mechanics of Minesweep, but that's what it feels like to be dating in your twenties and thirties. It feels like you're playing Minesweep. You know, a lot of dates are going to be the squirrel guy, where it's just like, okay, I liked him, he was fine, but it's not. I don't want to pursue a relationship with him. But every once in a while, you get a bomb. And it only takes a couple of bombs. The whole point of the game is just don't hit any bombs because one bomb will kill you, right? But dating's like that. Like, you just you hit a couple bombs, and Minesweep, this analogy is not perfect because I haven't played Minesweep in, like, 20 years. But but I do remember that right? sense of, like, you're just guessing. You're just guessing on your click, and there's no knowledge that's, going, that's informing it. It just feels totally random, and you're just hoping nothing will explode. Exactly. And for some women, they get that magic one where that's that huge gap and it sweeps like half the board and they're like, phew, wow, dating's easy. This isn't so hard. I met like the awesomest feminist guy ever on my first date and married him. I actually have friends for whom that is totally true. And then I have, you know, my experiences right on one end of the spectrum, which are like, I've hit a lot of bombs and it really sucks. And it's made me scared to keep playing Minesweep. And I know that's true for a lot of women who make it to be 30 and still unmarried. Because your time in the game is longer. You're more likely to hit a bomb. Like, dating just becomes, you're constantly on guard because you don't want to hit the stupid bomb. And so you constantly just have your, your shoulders tense on these dates, being like, please don't be a pickup artist. Please don't only want to date me for casual sex. Please don't, like, objectify me. Please don't be dating six other women at the same time and having to, like, figure out which one of us you like best. Like, please don't. Like, these are all terrible bombs on this board, right? And we're trying, every time we go on a date, we're like, please don't be one of these bombs. Just please don't. Like, just be a normal guy for once. Be the squirrel guy. Please be the squirrel guy. Like, guys think, like, we're here being, like, please be, like, a Prince Charming, like, millions of dollars. And, like, no, 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 no. We're, like, please just be the squirrel guy. Please just be the squirrel guy. Like, I, I can do squirrel guy today. Like, I can handle squirrel guy. Cannot handle pickup artist today. Cannot. Cannot. And that's, like, every time we meet a guy. And then the other person I always meet is someone who says, I tried online dating. Too many bombs. 
not doing it anymore. I'm just going to rely on fate. Fate will take care of me better than going through this minefield. No way. Come on. Okay, guys can say that. That's male privilege. Like, yeah, you can wait till you're 45, I guess. But, like, come on. Like, time's a ticking. I mean, everyone in the universe wants to remind me of how, like, quickly my value is dropping out of this market. Like, <laughs> like we don't have time. We're under this pressure to date and get it over with because if you want a family, which is hold out for us is the only thing worth living for, you know, you got to do it now. Otherwise, you will be doomed to spinsterhood and loneliness because no one's going to take you in. You'd be so lucky if at 35, some pickup artist who's in a barbershop quartet and like, <laughs> I mean, I like barbershop quartets. I think they're hot. But, you know, you'd be so lucky because your value totally drops out of the market at 35. Like the whole system, which basically is predicated on you making all the first moves to like you holding all the cards and the pacing and the progress of a relationship and three you not having a biological clock on which you're on you know you're up against you know oh yeah i guess you can wait for fate since you know basically all the entire deck is stacked in your favor <laughs> like of course you can but we don't have that option so we have to play minesweep even if we don't want to even if we're bored of minesweep even if we think minesweep is the worst game on the computer like we really want to play ski free but we can't because we have to play minesweep MS-DOS analogies really start breaking down, don't they, in 2014? <laughs> wow. It's terrible. <laughs> this is like being a woman. Okay, that's the best analogy I can give is dating to be like a woman. It's like your options are mind sweep or ski free, both of which either end up with you getting blown up by a bomb or eaten by a Yeti. Uh, I just I just don't want any of us to change our approaches to dating. Like, I want to – I really like my idea – that Kelly is going to keep on meeting guys at bars and eventually she's going to meet a guy with incredible hair because she really loves good hair on guys and incredible taste in music and she'll take him home to South Carolina and her family will love him and they'll just like have so much fun together. That's all I want. But instead, I think she's going to be way less likely to talk to a guy in a bar. This trauma just adds up unless we find a space to talk about it and a language to discuss it. So thank you, Holly. Exactly. Thank you thank for you. giving us that. Thank you. No, thank no, you. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. No, thank uh, you, Andrea. Everyone can follow Holly on Twitter at GirlZipLocked. Thank you, Holly. No, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Holly fucking Wood. You can follow her on Twitter at GirlZipLocked. Kelly Reedy is at DrunkAsCheese. And I'm at Andrea Salenzi. Thank you guys so much for all the great feedback I've been getting on the show. It is much appreciated. I love the ideas that are coming at me. And again, I'm looking for personal stories. If you have one to share, please send me a note. That's my full name at gmail.com. YOY also has an exciting new website. Visit yoy.sexy to check out past episodes and uh, refer a friend. Send that link to a friend so they can start checking out the show. I'd help this week from Aaron and Hopkins. Thank you, Aaron. Greg Harrison at gregcircanal.com designed our logo. I'll leave you today with a song by our guest, Kelly Reedy. She's on SoundCloud as Weekend Secret. Have a great week. I was too scared to look into your darkness that night, peer into that sibling void. I've lived there for years, graceful and alone. Held up by your rivalry walls 
tendrils and vines, signs of times. You had to know, I had to know. Tendrils and vines, signs of life. You had to go, but I can never leave. Yes, there's a lion in the garden, but the pathways all have changed, and the chips they fall right into my lap. I can barely breathe, but hey, I have a way with entropy. Dark passage through the night of our lives. Tendrils and vines, signs of times. You had to know, I had to know. Tendrils and vines, signs of life. You had to go. I can never leave. Then beautiful dreamers slide into the night while I float away into the forest of your eyes. You blue. Tendrils and vines, signs of time. You had to know, I had to know. Tendrils and vines, signs of times. You had to go, but I can never leave.